Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, every episode, we have a great one for you. Who do we have? We have Chelsea James with us today. She is redefining the norm for women in country and unapologetically bold in her songwriting and performing. Her signature country sound is laced with a rock edge supported by her powerhouse vocals. And a little side note, she's been on our show before. Yes. It got cut short because she was in a parking lot on the interview and got ran off from whoever <laughs> runs that parking lot. So we remember that vividly. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome back. Thank you. Yes, that was an awkward <laughs> encounter. So I'm glad to be doing this at home where nobody, hopefully nobody will kick me out of my own living room. So. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they've ever had interviews where people got robbed. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. Just, yeah. can, can you imagine be being crazy. a robber breaks in the house and all of a sudden he's on live on Facebook? That ha I'm sure that's happened before. Actually, you know what? I think I saw a video on TikTok going around. This girl was like filming workout videos in her house yeah. and someone broke in. I mean, oh, yeah. wow. I'm, I'm sure it's happened many times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, talking about TikTok and all that and social media. Um, this past year has been rough on everybody um, mm -hmm. with COVID and all that. So how did COVID affect you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through this? Yes. Yeah, so at the beginning of COVID, um, I was considering a career change. <laughs> no, oh, wow. not, ser not seriously. I would never yeah. do that. Yeah. But um, it was kind of a shock because you know, at first we all thought, oh, this is going to last a couple of weeks. And then, yeah. you know, quickly we all realized that this was going to be a long process. Right. And, um, I kind of had to shift my brain and shift gears and focus on other parts of the business that, you know, I hadn't as much before. So, um, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess, yeah. or at least, you know, there's a silver lining, but I was able to write a lot of music, you know, that we could have shows, you know, playing live shows and traveling and touring that takes up a lot of time, which I was so bored. <laughs> I have all this time and my husband was working from home. So it was just us two in the house. Oh, wow. I'm going oh, wow. crazy, but I was able to do like, you know, zoom writing sessions. So, um, I also, focused heavily on my online presence, which definitely needed some work. I mean, I, I am not by any means a social media guru or a technology person. So it gave me a lot of time to kind of build that up and focus on that, which is great because now that things have opened up a little bit more, um, it's, you know, I, I have all of this music to put out along with, you know, playing them at live shows for everybody. And I do have, um, a better online presence and connection there with fans. Um, so it's made things easier as far as, you know, booking tours and, and everything like that. So, you know, something did good did come out of it, but yeah. I mean, that's like with our show, you know, we, you know, we, uh, we launched January, 2020, a couple months before COVID mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> and we had no idea the timing, the great yes. timing we had because we didn't know the original plan was interview maybe a mm hundred -hmm. people first year. We thought if we could do that, oh, yeah. a great foundation for first year. 
and then COVID happens. And we're watching as all the artists are being shut down and they got nothing else to do. And I'm like, you know what? Forget the hundred interviews. Let's just, you know, this is our silver lining. You know, a show that's brand new probably could get artists that we normally couldn't get, you know, because of COVID. So we reached out to everybody and we did over 300 interviews last year. We're at almost 450 interviews now. Oh my gosh, you guys, that's awesome. Yeah, like it's amazing how everyone just kind of had to adapt. And now I feel like the world has changed forever because of it. There's so many like live stream events now, like Carrie Underwood did her big Easter live stream, you know, maybe like from the Ryman this year, maybe she wouldn't have done that if it weren't for I mean, I feel like the world is just changed forever, so. I think they're gonna, I think the future with music, will be where you'll still have your shows, live shows, and you'll live stream it also. And and that'll give the up-and-coming country artists and other artists and all that an, another revenue stream. Because, you know, yes. as an up-and-coming artist, that's the tough part is where your money comes from, you know, because with all the streaming services, you don't get money there, you know, yeah. especially as a smaller artist. Okay. You know? yeah. So it's like you have to get it from touring and all that. So now you can still tour but now you can add that other revenue streamers. Hey, for five bucks, you can participate in, in our show too. Yes, exactly. And you know what? I've, I've said this before in an interview. I think COVID almost, I mean, it couldn't level it 100%, but I seriously think it leveled the playing field a little bit in the music yeah. industry because you saw TikTok, you know, become huge and people... <laughs> You know, people who, like you said, they don't have the budget. They don't have the money to go out on a tour. Um, but they were discovered from TikTok and social and media. It's happening over and over. Because nobody was touring. So we were all competing online. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. And I can see now, I think everyone had the same idea as me as far as like using last year to write, 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 write. Cause I feel like there's so much music coming out right now. Which, <laughs> yes. I'm complaining. So. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is I, you can only imagine all the songs that's going to come out over the next two, three years from in the middle of this. Yeah. So yeah. In the time period. <clears throat> so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? So I am big into fitness. That's one thing for me. I love working out. We have like a gym. I, I live out in the middle of nowhere. I live, in a, little town. I live in a little town called Seymour, Missouri. And oh, it's wow. Amish country basically. So um, there's really nothing out here. So I have like a, a gym set up in my garage. Um, I do have a trainer that I meet with once a week. I do. I love fitness and working out. And, um, you know, I also, I live on a farm too. So we've got horses and cows and our dogs. So we're constantly doing something on the farm. Um, just, you know, outside fishing, riding four wheelers. I'm super outdoorsy. Um, I'm not much of a hunter, but I do go and sit with my husband sometimes in the stand to watch. I think of all this. Do what? What's he think of all this? Well, he is the one really, honestly, you know, through COVID, I was having such a hard time because I feel like I was kind of just getting the ball really rolling in my career. 
um, right before that. So I was having a really hard time mentally and during COVID just feeling like I took five huge steps backwards. Wow. And, um, he was really the one pushing me saying, you know, you weren't given this gift for no reason. You're so good. You need to continue to do this. Don't give, up, don't give up. He's at every show he can be at. Sometimes he's even my, <laughs> my sound man. If you see him, <laughs> he learned how to run sound. So I can do that for my shows. And well, hey, when you get big enough, maybe you can hire him on to be that. Yeah. I know. Sometimes he's selling my t-shirts. He does a little <laughs> bit of everything, but he's super supportive. And actually, that's uh, I don't know if you were ready to jump to this yet, but while we were on the subject, because it's kind of perfect, yeah. um, I wrote my new single "Steady" about, you know, about a lot of things about him, but specifically yeah. the idea kind of came during the pandemic. Wow! Uh, oh, wow! So that's kind of where that that song came from. So. Wow, I love that. Now, again, you know, with us being a husband and wife, we love when we hear stories that where the husband and wife are a team. Because yes. when you look at the world out there, you just don't find that too often. But but in the music and entertainment arena, you actually find that more than you ever find it with anything. Yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to think of, I was listening to a podcast recently. It might've been Caroline Hobbies. Um, I can't remember which episode it was or who was on it, but they were talking about how they love that country music, especially um, there's this culture of, you know, being proud of your spouse. And that, like, I think they said, you know, like their example was, you know, Florida Georgia line and Dan and Shay oh, and yes. they show off their wives so much. And, and, and Brittany, I mean, all these people like, mm -hmm. um, I feel like in other genres, that's not always the case. Like the, yeah. the right. relationships and the marriages are all like, it's not part of the brand, you know? Uh, yes. I, yeah. I think that in country music, that's a really cool thing that. And the, the sad part is it could be, thing. you know, the sad part is the other genres, it could be part of the brand. I think that it, I actually don't think it would hurt the brand. I think it would enhance the brand if they would do that. Yeah, I agree. I think, for musicians, um, and I don't, I don't know that it, I would say it's always been like this, but I feel like now I think social media has changed this because you can look into people's real lives yeah. depending on what they choose to share. And I think, you know, authenticity is a huge thing to people nowadays. Um, and I think that that only helps. Like if you, you know, yeah, you're showing those parts, parts of your life, your family, your spouse, your kids. And I think, um, that's what people connect to because that's real life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's like when we interviewed Brian Luttrell from the Backstreet Boys, he was talking about when, um, him and Leanne first was getting married, yes. they had to hide everything. Oh yeah. She was, she was like, they were told <laughs> that they, there could be no girlfriends and no wives known about. And they had death threats and all that back then. Mm -hmm. Because you, you you know how it is. Those boy, the boy bands come out and boy, those girls go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted to keep that image of, you know, right. I, I think, but I, I do think that it, at least in the country world, that yeah. has changed for the better, for sure. Oh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> love seeing that out there. So, you know, a lot of artists, they've known for years that they want to do music. 
But when did it click that this could actually be a career move for you? <laughs> so my story is very, I think everyone's story is unique. However, mine is just so random. That's, that's just how I describe it. So random how I fell into music because, you know, I did not grow up playing an instrument, like didn't grow up singing. I, I, it's so funny now looking back because I should have just done it, but I didn't even try out for choir in school because I thought that I wouldn't make it. Like I, I, I just, I didn't see myself as a singer or anything. I, I loved, I grew up listening to country music. I loved singing like to myself in the car and the shower, wherever, you know, privately. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I never knew oh, I can sing well. I just, I thought everyone could sing on key. I thought that was, <laughs> um, I thought that was a normal thing. So, you know, I was in college and I was singing to the radio one night with some friends were around. I was just kind of singing to myself and they overheard me and they were like, oh my gosh, you're really good. And long story short, they dragged me to all the karaoke bars in town. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I did not know how to perform. Like that was not something I was comfortable with. Um, well, see, that that wasn't fair. You know, all the people that had to get up to do karaoke. Karaoke is supposed to be a place where you can make a fool out of yourself. Well, that wasn't fair. Uh, <laughs> you know, to this day, my friends will not go to karaoke with me. And I'm like, I just want to go have fun. And they're like, yeah but we can't sing with you. I'm like, ah, so yeah, you know, so I did that. I got comfortable or more comfortable singing kind of on a stage doing yeah. karaoke. I, I, my senior year of college, I joined a cover band and we just did country covers. I did a lot of yeah. Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert. And uh, my, so we had this show booked. We booked our first show in Springfield where I went to college and I like peek out right before we go on stage. I'm expecting 10 people in the crowd, you know, like yeah. basically. <laughs> and I peek out behind the stage and it's full. I mean, wow. Oh, wow. full. and I'm like, oh, crap. I did not physically think that I could step on that stage. I was so nervous. Like I, I just wasn't even a functioning human. I was so nervous. And. I remember telling myself, literally, I said, okay, after this, I just have to get through this. And then I never have to do this again. Like, <laughs> and clearly that didn't end up happening, but I did. So I got, I started singing and it sounds so cliche and cheesy, but it's 100% true. 30 seconds into the first song, something just clicked. And I just was in love with it. Like, I, I don't know. It was so, it was just God telling me like, this okay, is it. I haven't been listening. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. The end. And from then on, I loved it. You know, obviously it took me getting more experience to get my stop, figure out my style, get more comfortable on stage. But I mean, I've been addicted to being on stage ever since that day. <laughs> wow. And, oh, wow. And, you know, we really get what you're coming from because I remember um, January 20th, I mean, January 20th, but January of 2020 when we launched the show. I remember, you know, we did the first episode and it was Ashlyn Grace 
and Ava Page. And I remember getting off of there and I told Sandy, this is it. This is what we're supposed to do. I just knew it. Right now, granted, we, inter- we did a few interviews back years ago, back in 2014. Yeah, we even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini back then. Era. Um, but we did a few back then, but they weren't like the show style. It, it right. was just interview. And then I, I typed it all up and posted it and stuff. Yeah. Interview. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I hated the typing part. Oh God. Trying to transcribe all that. I hated that. They just didn't have the technology like they have now for back then. But now it was like we got off that episode and, you know, it was like I was in a zone during it. And it's like I could be as nervous. Sandy, I tell you, you know, before every interview, no matter who it is, um, about an hour before I start feeling a little sick. Sometimes I pace back and forth. I get really nervous because we're live. You don't you know anything can happen. You know, technology could go. Yes. I don't I don't have control over every aspect. Mm-hmm. And but I get nervous, but I just have to keep saying to myself, my line is trust the conversation. Oh yes, I love that. And you know, we definitely have similar like with the whole performing live, working live, that whole thing, you know, I do, you get, you get more comfortable being uncomfortable, I think, (laughs) eventually. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just start, I finally realized everyone's human. And when you, if you mess something up, it's not the end of the world. If you make it super awkward, the crowd or whoever's there is going to feel that and they're going to be awkward. Yeah. Oh, yes. If you just own it. And like, if I met, if, if I mess up on stage, I usually mess up. joke about it and then it's fine. <laughs> they feel. And sometimes you can just skip over it and they won't never know anyway. Yeah. Oh, there's times I've like sung a verse for, like for all of the verses. Cause I forget the words and like, nobody. Yeah. Knows this. Um, but yeah, you just, I mean, we're all human. And I feel like when you're genuine about it, people feel it makes them feel more comfortable too. And um, now just, when you get to Carrie Underwood's level, you can just, if you forget the words, cause you know, even they forget it. Sometimes you can just hold the mic out. So, you know, cause again, people, uh, the fans the will crowd, love that. Know, and they would yeah. never know you forgot the words. I know. I know. I'm like, there have been times that I, I'll never forget this. I was, singing fancy by reba so uh, yeah saying a million times a million times mm-hmm. and i threw out the words to the beginning <laughs> of the song. so my band was just playing the intro over and over <laughs> and i'm looking around and i'm like it's not going to come to me so i just i put my i'm like can someone give me the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd shouted it out to me and it ended up being hilarious and it was fine but i just needed like the first two words and i had it but I'm telling you, there's no way to control it because, like I said, I, I can mess up. I can forget the words of a song I'm saying a million times. The brain is an interesting <laughs> mechanism. Yes. I mean, even with our show, you know, there are certain things I ask and say the same way every time. And I've said it four or five hundred times now. And it's like <laughs> yeah. sometimes I'm going in my little zone and then I get, then my brain just says, I stop. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I, I pause. Sometimes I, sometimes I can play it off by asking something else and I'll remember back. Then other yeah. times I'm just like, I just had a brain freeze. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it happens to everyone. Yeah. I mean, I have, I, I think 
it was Brad Paisley. He came to Springfield one year and I went and saw him. He forgot the words to his own song. But yeah, it, it I feel like most of the time it's no big deal. The, the thing that I always think about is when they're doing these live like awards shows and they're, mm -hmm. you know, millions of people are watching that would terrify me. That would make me a little more nervous, but um, I, somehow they never mess up on those. Are they actually live? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well, you know, you know, a lot of things are lip syncing, you know, you just don't know it, you know, then, then again, there's a lot of lives. So, you know, you just never know, okay, are they lip syncing or are they live? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So as you know, a lot of people, they, uh, they see the glory behind your Blake Shelton's, your Miranda's, your Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get to their level, but even a career level within music. And I always want to talk about that because I think a lot of people miss that. They're like, I got the talent. I can make it. But it's talent, timing and a little luck. We all know that. <laughs> um so let's talk about the sacrifice and struggle side, you know, and you being married, there's an extra sacrifice there. So let's go there a little bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is the part that I could talk about for hours. <laughs> um, um, yes. So, you know, everyone does sacrifice and everyone has different kinds of sacrifices. Um, for me, I think, and just like you said, you know, you think, oh, I'm good. I'm talented. I can make it. You quickly realize when you get into the music industry and you go to Nashville and you hear the stories like talent is not the key to success. Unfortunately, <laughs> Like it's, you know, and just think about, for example, all of the stars who are huge nowadays that didn't even make it past the first round of American Idol. Shoot, right. I didn't make it first. Lauren I just seen an article about her, about her being on um, American Idol stage where they rejected her at 17 years old. It ha I mean, it happens so much. And people are constantly like, why don't you go on American Idol? I'm like, I, I tried out. I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've tried, you know, um, which they are TV shows. They're looking for a specific story yeah, they got different storylines yes. for different people right. and if they already got for your story, story yeah. through someone else then you're not going to be picked yeah mm -hmm. and i think this is true probably i mean for any dream anyone's following but you know specifically for the music industry i learned very quickly how much time and effort you have to put into it just to even be in the ballpark like I mean, it is crazy. It's so competitive. Um, one thing I, I also did learn quickly is, you know, you, if you try to follow some trend, you're just going to get lost. <laughs> I mean, you're lost in a huge pile of all the other artists trying to chase a trend. So, you know, I learned quickly that being yourself is definitely um, an a must in this industry. Yep. That's what at the end yeah. of the day will make you stand out. Isn't it crazy that that's what makes you stand out? Just be yourself. I know. Yeah. And for me, I think sacrifice wise, you know, part of my struggle through the pandemic was just like every other musicians, you know, I 
I wasn't making very much, if any, money off of music. And, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like you said, we don't make money from streaming at this level. And we make money from playing shows. And when you don't get to do that, it's scary. It's like, That's what am really I going to what mm -hmm. am I gonna do? But um, so it was partly just that, not getting to do it. And the other part that I, I just kind of realized was, you know, this industry and this career, nothing is guaranteed. Um, your pay month to month is never guaranteed. Shows can be canceled. Things can happen. I mean, you just never know. And um, I see a lot of my friends excelling in their careers right now. You know, I'm, I'm 28. So I'm at that age where everyone's kind of starting to settle into their career field a little bit more and, you know, climbing up the ladder um, and just kind of knowing, oh, here's what my life is going to look like in six months. You know, like exactly. this, this is my salary. This is what I do every day. Here I am. Like I'm. But you'd be bored with that. What? But you'd be bored with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that was my whole That's problem. Tough. I I was, you know, when I started, I. There have been times that I've I've questioned, you know, should I be doing mm -hmm. this? But I can never, I can <laughs> never quit. Like there's just something that has never let me. I just I just love it too much. And at the end of the day, even if everything else went away, it's like being on stage singing for whatever it is, one, two, ten thousand people. Like that at the end of the day is what I love to do. And I understand that there's other stuff that goes along with that that I have to do, but. You know, I do think about that. It's hard sometimes seeing all of my friends and people my age, like their lives seem so settled, I guess, in their careers. And the music industry is so crazy. And, you know, there's disappointments every other day. It's like, I feel like there's 10 disappointments to one success. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's this constant struggle of, okay one foot in front of the other, even though this sucks right now, you know, and it's, it's very scary, especially as I'm a very type A person. So I need to have my life planned out perfectly. <laughs> and you can't with this. Uh -uh. <laughs> and it's very scary. And I've had to accept that that's just not how this industry is. So I think for me, just my biggest sacrifice has been giving up control. You know, I'm, I feel like there are things that I can control and that's what I focus on. Like I can control and I'm thankful that I can, you know, what music I put out, what I want my, my photos for the song to look like, where I want to play shows, you know, as an independent artist, um, I'm able to do that, which I love. Um, but on the other hand, success is never guaranteed. I could tell you. Yeah, my goal is to play at the Grand Ole Opry one day, but I mean, truthfully, that could never happen. You know, it's like yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> so it's just it but is. But you got to have the goals there because you know, like they say, you you know, shoot for the moon and you'll land among the stars yeah. at least. Because again, you know, there are a lot of people in life, and you know, and nothing wrong with a nine to five if that's what they want. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that I see on Facebook, they are completely miserable with their job. They're not doing 
what they feel called to do. They know most people kind of know what they're supposed to be doing, but they're, but they don't want to take the risk. Like even with us, I mean, I just turned 50 and like you, you know, we watch people because when you're in your fifties, that's when the money really starts coming in for most people and they're settled. Their kids are kind of off to college. You know, we got a two year old and a nine year old. And, <laughs> and so I'm 50 and we watch all these people and it's like, um, they're growing, they're growing, they're growing. And we're just, they have the retirement plan. They, we don't have no retirement or nothing. So we're trying yeah. to grow this show and we're betting everything on this passion that we have. But at the same time, we've also talked about what if, what if it doesn't work? Can we live with, if we gave it our all five years down the road and it didn't work, we can live with that, but we can't live with quitting too early. Yes, that is. And that is the biggest thing you guys, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, the what if like on the other side, you know, um, the what if, if I, if I quit and got some nine to five job, the, because that's what is easier, yeah. you know, the rest of my life, I would wander, yep. wonder what could have happened. And I think that's always what I go back to on those days that are really frustrating. I think, okay, so yeah, let's quit and let's get some regular job. And then. <laughs> A year from now, think, wow, where could I have been right now if I just had kept working another year? And yeah. that is sometimes what keeps me going. And um, yeah, it is terrifying sometimes. There, you know, there is no security to it. There's yeah. no security, but the best things in life aren't easy are on the other side of fear. I think that's a quote. I did not just make that up. That's a quote. <laughs> and um, speaking of fear, I read that you just conquered a fear with heights. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think there will be video of this coming out sometime soon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about that. So <laughs> the music video for my new song study, I filmed this summer and my, my video producer, he told me there's this great rock formation out in the middle. Well, the middle, it's like almost to Colorado out in Kansas. Oh, wow. He showed me pictures. I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, he's like, yeah, people visit it all the time. He's like, we could go up here. And he's like, there's like trails. He said trails. Okay. There's trails <laughs> to get up to the top. And I'm like, great. So I show up and they're like, okay, let's, we're going to show you. I, I get there and these rocks are like 200 feet tall. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh where are these trails? Because they must be in the back or something. And <laughs> they're like, we're going to show you uh, how we get up to the top. I'm like, okay, great. So they take me up to this little, it's like there's two massive rocks mm. here mm -hmm. together. And there's a skinny little, like, I don't know what you'd call it. I wouldn't call it a trail. It's basically oh, wow. straight up and down, and it's just a little space that you can climb up. But you have oh, to Spider-Man, you have to Spider-Man climb up yeah. the walls. Oh wow! Gosh. Oh wow! And I'm like, I I flat out said I'm so I'm terrified of heights. Like I can't go on a Ferris wheel. Mm. So I can barely climb a ladder. In fact, um, it's wow. that. 
So I told my producer, I was like, I, I can't do this. I physically cannot do this. And he's like, you just drove eight hours to do this. So you're going to have to figure it out. Long Long story short, after, um, after some breakdowns, <laughs> I he, one guy got in front of me and the other camera guy got behind because I'm like, if I fall, you have to catch me. And I went up and I got, so then when you get to the top, it's the rocks, you know, they're like this. So when you get to the top on the other side, it just drops straight down. hundred. Oh, wow. So when you get to the top, you're looking straight down 150 feet and you have to step onto this little sliver up onto the top of the rock. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just shaking like this. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> he just grabs my arm from the top. He was already up there. He just grabs my arm and pulls me. I didn't even have oh, time. Wow. And I oh, get up there. You got time to think. Oh yeah. yeah. Just get you up there. Yep. And I got up there and it was so worth it. I mean, it was so worth it because the shots were beautiful just being up there was beautiful i could see for hundreds of miles and it turned out perfectly and you know that's we wanted to do that because the rock formations kind of the imagery of that with yeah yeah what we really wanted so it was so worth it but yeah and you know it took a team for you to go up just like it takes a team for you to build your career. Uh, and yes. in our opinion, teams never get the love they, they deserve. Don't. So in our show, they do. So if you want to take a few moments, tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. So I have my team in Nashville and it's burning ground entertainment and core PR. Core is awesome. Anna, yeah. Yes. Anna over at core Dawn, um, and Kerrigan at Burning Ground, they, wow. oh my gosh, they have absolutely changed my life. You know, I, you know, the music business, you have to know, you have to have a musical ability, but then there's the business side of it. And it's really? different. Yeah. From, it's different from many other industries. It's hard to navigate. You don't know where to, like, you can waste your time on so many things, waste your time and money <laughs> on so many things. And um, they have introduced me to so many people. Um, I was able to just play my first whiskey jam a couple wow. weeks ago because of them. I mean, all of this is because of them. They, they know what they're doing and they can take what I create and turn it into success. Um, Make it a masterpiece. Yeah. Yes. And, and they know, they know the trends they're on top of where the industry is going. I mean, they're just like my roadmap really. And besides that, you know, I've got my team here at home, which is my husband, Lucas, obviously, and um, my parents who, I mean, I, without them, especially, I just, I wouldn't be doing this. Cause like I said, there've been times that family and friends have been the ones to push me through those hard times when I wanted to give up. So, yeah, wow. you know, speaking of, um, family and also um team and team we have a yes. third co-host our little nine-year-old we do so sandy's gonna go get him real quick and we've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older she'll be plugged into the show too she don't know it yet but she's gonna be a star 
start practicing her interview questions now. <laughs> yep, yep. And she's always trying to be the center of attention already. She's always a little diva already at two and a half years old. And it's like, oh God, what do we? And, and you know, if she ever wants to be in entertainment, we can't be the parents that say, oh, you can. You know, a lot of parents try to push them away from entertainment. We can't, we don't have no excuse. We can't do that because that's where we're in. So, yeah. Yeah, so, oh yeah, you, well, you interview all these artists and actors and all that. You can't say no. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have a choice now. <laughs> Hi. Kelsey James. So was it favorite food? Do what? What's your favorite food? My favorite food. Oh boy. That's so hard. Um, I think last time I said mashed potatoes, which is true, <laughs> but I'm going to do, I have like a few favorite foods that go into the rotation. So probably, um, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Okay. I'm a big Chinese food eater. So like uh -huh. Chicken and actually, cashew chicken originated in Missouri. Oh wow! I'm gonna say cashew chicken. <laughs> and what's yours? Mine is pizza. Oh, that's see, that would probably be my third. I absolutely <laughs> love pizza. <laughs> so, what's it for a TV show? <laughs> favorite TV show? Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm <laughs> sound like kind of a nerd here, but. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like I, I don't keep up well with all the Netflix binge watching trends. I really like nineties sitcoms and I'm not going to lie. <laughs> my tried and true favorite TV show is still to this day. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good show. It is a good show. What's your mine is SpongeBob. Bob? SpongeBob. 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 Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, yes, I'm familiar. That was that was a favorite of mine growing up. And, you know what's been pretty cool is on our show, you know, because he watches a lot of the Disney and Nickelodeon shows. We've been able to bring a lot of people from his shows onto our show, and you know, we recently brought one of the people from Bunk Disney's Bunked on. We brought um, two people from a, a Nickelodeon side hustle. And we got a, actually a third one from side hustle. He's excited about um, on September 11th coming on. Well, that's awesome. Well, he gets to talk to these people that, you know, he kind of sees on TV. So that's been pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Is it cool? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's a favorite movie? Oh, boy. Oh, there's a couple. Um. Again, this is going to sound, ooh. <laughs> I might okay. I would say the first, the first Dark Knight, like the Batman series with um, Christian Bale. Uh, I'd say the Dark Knight for sure. I'm, I love those. What about you? Uh, mine is the Minions movie. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I'll have to. I'll have to check that one out. And look, Emily said, "Hey, Chris, low Chris." <laughs> 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 yeah, he, he, yeah, he loves minions and despicable me's and all that. And so, Caitlin, we could be walking in a mall and if she sees a, a minion in a store, we have to go in there. <laughs> and she takes her minion toys everywhere. Yeah, she's got two, two of the minions and she takes uh, uh, one named Kevin and Bob. 
and she takes them everywhere. And you got, and if we forget them, she gets mad. Yeah, well, <laughs> because like yesterday, you we we forgot Bob, yes, and, and she was upset. Yes. The whole car ride down. Oh man. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he he loves his little part on the show, and we love having him on. We are a family affairs show, and yes. and you know we we probably we don't we won't always have a family oriented person we're interviewing because we're interviewing all different things, but we always want to stay our side family oriented. Yes, <laughs> oh, I love that. See, like I said, people want that. They want your real life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job. Yes, I loved his questions. And. <laughs> And now I'll, I'll take my turn. Uh, what are some sources of inspiration for you? So I would say, you know, there's two sides of musical inspiration. There's like actual musicians I get inspiration from. And then there's things in my life that I get inspiration yeah. from to write. So music, musician wise, um, I always, always have to say Carrie Underwood because she was on American Idol when I was like in sixth grade, maybe. And yeah. that's the time okay. when you're starting to really get, you know, obsessed with music yeah. and pick the kind of music you like. And I just, I seriously, I was so obsessed with her. And all through junior high and high school, I would sing her albums in the car. And honestly, singing her albums in the car in high school by myself. I, I feel like I didn't know it at the time, but I was training myself how to sing because her songs were really oh, challenging yeah. and are still challenging. And yes, it was like a game for me to see if I could hit, um, hit those notes and everything. And I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and we're actually, there's, you can't see it right now. It's hidden, but we're remodeling our master bedroom. So there is construction oh, items yeah. everywhere below the screen that you can't see. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, anyway. So yeah. And see, he, she, uh, and see, he's talking about this. Oh yes. The famous uh, stream yard background. You see that background? Oh, well, well, yeah. The fire similar. Similar. Yes. I love it. <laughs> because <laughs> you know because Streamyard has that i've never i'm like you know people would think we live there so you know yeah, that's why i've never really never used, used it. it yeah i have thought about creating a background that looks like an office or some, something yeah, eventually we'll do something like different i think yeah. you know i like the bricks for now yeah <laughs> our signature for now well my best friend is an interior designer so i cannot give myself any credit she helps me with everything oh. in the house but oh, <laughs> But yeah, so definitely Carrie, as far as like vocal inspiration, that's mm -hmm. where I where I learned how to kind of sing with that that power that she does that I like so much. And then, you know, um, I also grew up listening to Faith Hill, Reba McIntyre, Martina McBride. So just all those powerhouse female yeah. artists, you know, um, and a lot of this doesn't come out in my writing but it does in certain covers of songs that I do. But um, mm -hmm. I love like outlaw kind of bluesy country uh. sounds. Like uh, there is a guy that I'm obsessed with right now. 
you guys should look him up. His name is Paul Coffin, C-A-U-T-H-E-N. He's from Texas, and he, I swear, his voice is a mix between Johnny Cash and Elvis. It is amazing. But that's just kind of, it's, you know, so I get inspiration from, like, kind of off the wall. You'll know what I mean by off the wall when you listen to his music. Um, (laughs) Like that, because... It's just different, and I love that. But yeah, our friend Joe said he can't even get the hook up with his milk grocer. For <laughs> <laughs> milk crates, wow. yeah, he he does his own podcast, and I don't know if it's going to be him or someone on his podcast, but they're wanting to do the milk crate challenge. Oh um, gosh, that is scary. <laughs> I couldn't even stand on one. I would. I if I was one, younger, yeah. if I was like thirty or below. I might. I think I would try. It. Yeah, he has a really good balance. He could probably do it. Though. I mean, the minute like landing on your back on those plastic milk crates that hurts so bad. I know. I have. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe that'll be like my way to go viral on TikTok. There you go. <laughs> yes. If you make it, you probably won't go viral. Well, that's no. true. I bet I won't make it though. <laughs> <laughs> but so you know i also as far as like my writing goes mm-hmm. um i get a lot of insp- like all of my songs come from s- some real life experience that i've had thank you doug um i i to this day i will say you know maybe one day i'll get better at writing fictional songs but for mm-hmm. now yeah. I You're about you and your I life to writing about my life. So every song you hear I've experienced in some way. Yeah. Um, and just like this one about my husband, you know, steady. Um, it's just, it's about my life with him. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book, so I don't mind sharing, you know, deep details about my life. And a lot of times that does come out in, in my songs, even if it's like a funnier story. What do like, you think of that? Do what? What's he think of that, you know, that that y'all's life comes out through your music? Well, he I think he feels pretty special that there's a song about him. He really oh, does. Yeah. He likes that. He's really liking his time in the spotlight. <laughs> but but he is like kind of a very private person. He really doesn't even have social media, which is kind oh, wow. of unheard of oh, these days. Yeah. You know, he likes to just live his life out on our farm, um, very private, just out here with our animals. And I'm clearly kind of the opposite. But, um, you know, so he he doesn't like to be the center of attention. Like he would he would feel so awkward if he had to jump on this interview right now or something, which he's not here. But um like he well, she was like, like that when we first started the show, <laughs> we started audio only. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'll do it with you, audio. Don't yes. ever ask me to do video. Yeah, yeah. I said I would never be on video ever. <laughs> and I and I didn't. I didn't. It was actually yeah. her idea around October of last year. She comes to me and she goes, do you think it would help our show if we went video? Yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, I love that. No, I, 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 and it is intimidating. I will say like, I forget sometimes that I, I am on camera a lot, which took 
<laughs> too, but I'm like, oh yeah, I forget that people are uncomfortable doing that. <laughs> but yes. it, it's true. I mean, just like you said at first, it's like, oh, I don't like this. But yeah, so he totally is like, I don't want to be on stage. I don't want to be on video. <laughs> I we so he's in the steady video actually i uh, oh wow. wow yeah so go check that out because it's very short snippets but like he was very um like with the editing process he was like you know making sure he's like i don't want to look stupid i don't want to look stupid so that's just not him but he he does he loves having a song about him for sure <laughs> Yeah. And like Joe said, he's on camera as much as possible. And I think Christopher likes being on camera yeah. as well. And Joe also <laughs> said he would, an, he would rather be a TV star than an audio star. There you go. <laughs> Seriously, some people are made for that. It's like, yes. I, I was, I wouldn't say that I was ever made to be on camera because I'm definitely like, I really had to learn how to act in front of people and be on camera and what to do. My first music video I felt yeah. was horrible. Like the, just <laughs> not, not that it was horrible, but the feeling inside me at that yes. was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I used to not stand up and say my name even at yeah, networking. Yeah, yeah. we would go to networking I would, events. I would make him stand up and say we, we my would be name. sitting there at networking events, and, and each person would stand up, say their name, and she yeah, would look at me and say, You're saying our name. name. So we You're would both stand the up. name and what we do. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd get up and say, We are Chris and Sandy Benton with whatever we were with at that time. Yes. That's so funny. Well, look at you, how much you've grown. Oh, thank you. Yeah, work in progress. And, and you know, when I, you know, when I first met her, she was really sheltered. You know, she was um in Kentucky. I was in down here in Georgia. And, and you know, we met online in 02, back in 02. So I remember first time I met her, she flew down here. Now, she actually flew to see me. I did. Wow. Um, and, and she's walking down and you can see it. You know, she told me what she'd be wearing. So I'm at yeah. the airport and I'm walk, looking at down and I see this person. And she's like walking with her head down. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so shy, she was so shy. So anybody that knows her from back then are just like, wow, you know, because she's definitely come out of her shell. <laughs> it's taken a lot. And yeah. he's come a long way too. Yeah, I was going to say, Chris, you probably pulled a lot of that out of her because you're you're quite outgoing. At least that's what it seems like on, on, on these <laughs> interviews. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I can be in a crowd and I can kind of close out, close up. But then if I get to talking, look out, I can be there for three hours. Oh, yes. So it's, <laughs> so it's one of them that once a conversation, that's why the shows work, because once we start, we're in a conversation. So I'm good yeah. to go. <laughs> Oh, and his first he, speaking experience. Yeah, you, know, you told about your first um, on stage. My first speaking thing, I, I only had five minutes and I, I was doing telling my story and I get up there and I had my my thing written out and I, my hands start shaking like this oh, yeah. and, and I can't read nothing. And then it was a group of what about 250 two people. Two to three. So, so basically I learned two things that night. One. Don't ever make your first speech in front of 250 people. Yeah. Number two, don't change your speech the day of. Yeah. I did both. Yeah. And I'm sitting there shaking. 
And so, so I was like, okay, no big deal. There's a podium. I'll put the paper there. Well, the, well, the podium was like almost waist high. Well, I can't read that. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like not knowing what to do. I'm sitting there, I'm shaking, I'm sweating. And finally I was like, you know what? I know my story. I, I'll do it. So I began to speak. So I thought yes. my mouth opens, nothing comes out. Oh, it, no. was, it was terrifying for me to watch and, that. Part. I was and, like, and, I wish I could do something. And, and, this is and all I could think about at that moment was, I remember the old saying that if you fall off of a horse and you don't get back up immediately, you will never ride again. All I can think about is if I get off this stage right now, I'll probably never speak again. So I'm like fumbling. I'm, tr I'm trying everything. And we're about a minute in. Now. Oh, yes. About it's a minute, at least minute, in one minute, to two minutes. And, 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 and it's just silence. It's Everybody's silence. sitting there like, and do we no, and, and so I'm sitting there like, okay, I, I took a deep breath. I was like, okay, everybody, if you get nothing else out of this, at least you get a good laugh. <laughs> the whole Everybody crowd just roared. And I was able to calm down. I nailed the last four minutes, but three minutes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I nailed it then. But it was like I had to get through that moment. But you know what? It get, Even though in the moment it was like frightening, like it was like with your um, heights thing, in that moment it was frightening. But I now have a story. <laughs> Yeah. You just, well, and like you said, you know, when you just are honest about it and joke with the audience, I swear it's just like it's like a huge icebreaker, and then everyone's comfortable, and then you're just like all friends. I I love when you can get to that point of whatever like live oh, yes. you're doing when you get to the point of where you feel like the ice has been broken and we're all friends here. Like that's the best. Well, it is. I will say. I would rather sing in front of a hundred thousand people than give up and get up and give a speech. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem now. I mean, I can talk. I know that as long as I know the material, I mean, it's my story. I know my story. Yeah. I've done it eight to 10 times in the last couple of years on stage. Um, so I don't have a problem talking now. And this show has actually enhanced that now too. Yeah. Well, and I, I like things like this because I feel like I come like a conversation, you know, that is, that's what I want. Tracking. Mm -hmm. There's some interviews where I'm like, it's so formal that I'm just like, I get so nervous. And then I don't know what to say. And I sound like a complete idiot. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I hope you guys can edit this really well. <laughs> and what's funny is we're a one-stop show. We don't edit. But that's what I want. I want it to be yeah. a conversation, a raw conversation. Yeah. You know, if I had to be one of those, like you just said, where there's professional and they ask questions. Yes. Let so you formal. answer. Mm -hmm. They ask another question. Let you answer. I can't be that. That's not my authentic self. My authentic yeah. self, I get excited. I move my hands. I know. <laughs> I talk. I pace. You know, yeah. if I was standing right now doing this, I would be pacing back and forth. I'm just active when I talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was. I saw this. That this interview with you guys was on my calendar, and I was like, "Oh, this will be. You know, this will be a breeze." Because it is. It's like it's a conversation. It's not nervous. Yeah, we're 55 minutes in. I know. It's crazy. It feels like we started. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. And what would you like your legacy to be as an artist? What would you like to be most known and remembered for? Well, golly. Um, <laughs> question. I feel like I have multiple answers for that, but um, I, my biggest thing is, and I think it comes from me like being turned off by artists who I feel like are just constantly putting on a show. I, yes. I don't, I don't tend to have a lot of people in my life that are like that and gravitate towards people like that. I just, it's not, it's not something I prefer. So I think for me, like my biggest goal is in everything I do, I want to be genuine. I want to, I want people to feel like through my music and through these interviews and through videos, like they really know me as a person. Like I'm not trying to put on this act of like, Oh, I'm a big star. Watch me. Exactly. I just want people to, you know, it's like, I feel like Reba McIntyre is kind of like that. Like she's, yeah. yeah. And you what you see. Yes. Exactly. Like they're not hiding anything and right. that's what people love about them. And it's like, I want mm -hmm. to be someone who is approachable and yeah. relatable, like relatable, mm -hmm. like every, you know, I think it's very important that people share their stories, like the good and the bad, because no matter who you are, you've made mistakes, you've gone through, Reba Show is one of my favorites. Um, sure. You've gone yeah. through hard times. Like you, like I said, you've made bad decisions. Like we've all been there. Yep. We can yeah. each other. So that's like my biggest thing. And um and that's why I have people share the other side of music entertainment, because I think that sometimes people gloss over that and they dive into something that they really don't realize it's going to take way more work than they ever imagined. Yeah. And, and I think a huge thing to me that I try to advocate for anytime I can is, um, I think it's very important to, life is too short to not do what you love. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I feel like I know a lot of people in my life who, like we talked about before, you know, they may have a great job, but it's not their passion. It's not what they love to do. And I just, yeah. right. like, I can't imagine life goes so fast. And at the end of your life, you, you thinking, I mean, wow, look what I could have done. Or, you know, it's like I spent, I spent all of my time working, working to live or whatever. Don't want a life full of regrets because, because you'll net, you'll never really regret things you've tried, but you'll always regret things that you should have done. Exactly. And I personally think you can make a career out of anything. I truly believe, and I strongly believe everyone was put on this earth with some kind of special ability that nobody else has. And yeah. like, we all might have similar ability, but we don't all do it the same. You know, like yeah. a bunch of people have musical ability, but none like of how many people do a show with their spouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we found a way to be yeah. unique, yeah. to do something that great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everyone has something like that. And I think you can make a career 
out of whatever that ability is that you were meant to do, you can make a career off of it. You can make money off of it. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, I hate talking about the money side, but it, I mean, we all know we have to have money it to likes live. It, uh, you guys it to does. live. It does. Yeah. So I, I just truly think that, you know, find what that is, figure out what that is mm -hmm. and then and run do that yeah. because, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people want whatever service you're offering or, you know, like for example, me, like I, oh my gosh, I'm terrible at a lot of things that I would totally pay someone else to do. You know? <laughs> we all have different strengths for a reason. I just really always try to advocate, like, don't waste, don't waste time doing what you don't want to do. And if talking about mm -hmm. don't waste time, this last year has shown that, you know, so many people have passed away that we've not, that we know. Oh yes. It's and like, even people we've interviewed. You know, even people we've interviewed, because you know, in fact, we interviewed, we were one of, I don't know if we were the last, we may right. have been the last interview of Ed Asner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But we interviewed him um, back in November. November of last what, year. You like know, and he passed away a few days ago and yeah. you know, we were, we were at least one of the last ones, but you know, again, you watch so many people pass away and you're like, like you said, life is too short to, to live a miserable life. Go pursue that passion that you want. Even if you, I would rather fail at attempting something great than succeed at nothing. Yeah. And you know, you really only completely fail after you fail and then give up. Like if you, yeah. You can fail so many times and as long as you keep going, you're really not failing. But, you know, uh, I, I don't tell this story a lot, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I feel like this interview is a, a good place for it. But my song Steady, I kind of this is partially where that inspiration came from. Um, I was a few years ago. I had just gotten out of college. I was in a bad relationship or a relationship that wasn't good for me, at least. Yeah. And I just, you know, I wasn't sure where my life was exactly going. I was just kind of realizing, like, I should do this for a career. Like, I was trying to switch gears and mm -hmm. trying to flip my brain into thinking, okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to pursue. It was just a very confusing time. And my aunt, passed away in a car accident, horrible wow. car accident. Sorry to hear that. And oh, yeah, thank you. It was, it was so eye opening because mm -hmm. she was so healthy and just like it, the last person you would think would die. I mean, I don't yeah. know. And, um, you know, my family's all super close. And I remember at, after the funeral, we were all at their house and, I was looking around and, um, you know, saw my parents and saw my other aunts and uncles with their spouses. And just for one, I realized, wow, life is short because she's mm -hmm. gone forever. Like, I mean, it's just like, how did that happen? And then two, I thought, and this is, I, you know, base my relationship now off this and kind of the inspiration for steady, like the person I was with in this relationship, it's like, I looked around and thought, okay, at the end, at the end of days mm -hmm. and all of my friends and family, you know, have gone and passed and it's just me and 
and this other person, my partner, whoever this is, it's like, is that person I'm with enough? You know, because mm-hmm. you know, you're when you're young, you have your friends and family around you. You can kind of get blinded by things, yeah. and you have all of this other support. And I thought, oh my gosh, when all those people are gone, is the person I'm with? That's the only person I have. Mm-hmm. That is not what I want. And I ended that relationship and and I pursued music and here I am. And so that was kind of the The standard. What? The rest is history. Yeah. And honestly, that's the standard I went by with everything. It's like any new person I went on a date with or whatever. I'm like, okay, if this was the only person left on earth, are they enough? You know, and obviously I found that person. (laughs) <laughs> and we can say the same thing. We too. can. You know, again, you know, October will be 19 years married. So yes. Oh, I got married in October too. Ours was okay. October 5th. October 5th. Ours. Okay. Mine's the 19th, but as this oh, will wow. be two years for us. Oh wow. <laughs> well, congratulations all yes. us. Yes. Thank you. You too. <laughs> um, so um as we come to a close here, um, let's say you had a friend of yours and they were great and they feel called to music. What advice would you give that person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? Oh my, um, <laughs> go with your gut. That's number one. Love go that with one. your gut because there's a lot of people in the music industry who, you know, they'll see, <laughs> <laughs> they'll see it's Valentine's day. So you can, it's like two birds with one stone. <laughs> yes. Same <laughs> So I would say go with your gut because there's people in the music industry who will see you as an opportunity to move themselves forward or make money off of you. And their intention is not necessarily to help you succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And so your gut is usually right about those people. So listen to it and don't waste time on people like that. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of people who want to try to control your every move and um, especially labels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you don't need that. You don't need to do that. You know, you, you, if it's not you, then it's not right. So that's a huge one for me. But another one is, and I think this is true for so many industries. It's the same in the music industry. Network, 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 network. Amen to that. Yeah. That's so true. It's like, you know, I I remember the old saying, it's not who you know. I mean, it's not what you know. It's who you know. But I like to go deeper than that. It's not even who you know. It's who knows you. Because you can know a bunch of people. That don't mean they know who you are. Yeah. So meet as many people as you can in the industry and, um, I, you know, another thing I would say is don't make it such a competition with people. We are all, we're all, all in this together. Yeah. We're all in this together. There's enough room for everyone. It's not like, oh, there can only be 10 successful musicians this year. I mean, that's not even a thing. So it's like, on radio, that's about right. But outside of radio, (laughs) yeah, but radio is about to. That's a whole yeah, nother podcast. So yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, traditional radio anyway, but um, <laughs> it's like, that's not even a thing now. And you'll get so much farther by 
helping other people succeed yeah. too. And yeah. you oh, can yeah. learn so much from other people. But so those I'd say were my big, my biggest things as far as like practical, just musical things. Like you, you can sing all you want all day, but to be successful, you need your own songs that stand out. So spend the time writing music and not just focusing on the social media and the playing yep. the shows. If you don't have music, you're not going to have shows to play or you're yeah. not going to have music to play at the shows. So spend, um, spend a lot of your time writing. That's, that's where your success is going to come. Like from. Joe said, you know, make, make your own way. Cause sometimes people don't know um, what they don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, yes. You said that perfectly. No, it's just like I was saying about this artist, Paul Coffin. He's doing something that no one's ever done before. And that's, I and mean, people are loving it and people love it because it's different. People don't yeah. want to hear what they hear over and over and over and over on the radio. You know, it's like they mm -hmm. want something new and fresh and unique and genuine. So yeah, that's my advice. Perfect. Love that. You know, yeah. and we could go on and on and on. I'd go for hours. Oh, but, yes. Yeah, we are over an hour. Um, so if you want to tell yeah. everybody how they can reach out to you through social media and all that, it'd be great. Yes. Yes. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Chelsea James Music. Um, Chelsea is spelled C-H-E-L-S-E-Y not with an A. Thanks mom and dad um, for that. S-E-Y um, and James, just like the, the male name, James Music. And um, I think on Twitter, I'm Chelsea J Music. I just recently got Twitter, so I don't have too yeah. much on there yet. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just Google Chelsea James Music and you can find me just about anywhere. But yeah, go check me out because I've got, I just put out music and I'm about to put out even more. So Awesome. And he, uh, yes. And he spelled it exactly right. Paul Coffin. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we look forward to having you back a third time. We do. Yes, I can't wait to come back. This is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite interviews to do. I love you guys. So yeah, we love you too. Oh, so keep the up same. the great work yes. and we'll see you again. Thank yes. you guys. Thank you Bye. 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 Either.